Welcome everyone, my name's Clive Dobbin and I'm a partner in the employment team. This is the second podcast we're doing on employment tribunals. The first um, we dealt with how to present a claim and the lead up to a tribunal hearing itself and on that one I was joined by my colleagues Claire Merritt and Andrew Wilkshire. Today I'm joined by fellow partner David Rofe and associate Tobias McClunningham and today we're going to be looking more at the actual aspect of the tribunal hearing itself and what to expect and how to prepare for that. So without more ado, um, probably it's worth going into the uh, first question and in terms of what's the setup for a typical um, employment tribunal hearing. Perhaps David, do you want to answer that one? Yeah, I'm happy to answer that one, Clive. I mean, things have, have moved on quite a bit, um, pushed forward by the pandemic. So historically, there was one option, and that was that you all just turned up at the tribunal and the case would be heard in person. And now, now there are the three options. So option one is still the traditional in-person hearing where everyone uh, physically attends the, the, the tribunal and the case will be heard in person. Option two is a video hearing and the tribunal, the court system have produced, created a, a, a platform um, to use so the, the hearing will be remote. Um, it's a similar sort of thing to Zoom that we've got used to. And the third option is a hybrid system. So it will be partly in person and, and partly by the video platform. And do you get a choice as to which method you, uh, your, your case is heard by? Well, I think it'd be, be, be wrong to say you've got a choice So, in terms of being able to dictate the method. What, what you can do is, is, is state a preference. So in a recent case management hearing, um, we were able to state a preference for, for one type of hearing or another, but ultimately the judge will, will decide. And the judge will decide on the basis of the, the facts in dispute and whether the parties are representative, represented and really what would suit the case best. Um, so in terms of the witnesses and whether the witnesses would would have any impediment doing it by video or, or perhaps any impediment with, with turning up and doing it in person. Okay, no, that's great. Thank you for that. Um, Tobias, perhaps turning to you now, um, what do you need to do or what do you need to know prior to the hearing in terms of preparing for the hearing itself? Yeah, I mean, again, it depends now whether you are going to be attending in person or remotely. If you are attending remotely, you will be told to test the technology in advance. So you'll be sent links so that you can look at the system and how it works and check it works on your computer. You'll need to think about where you will do the hearing at home. You'll obviously need quite a quiet environment where you won't be interrupted or overheard. The other thing to think about is you'll be sent a copy of your witness statement and the bundle of documents that the judge and the parties will be referring to on the day. So it can be really useful to have a second screen set up so that you can look at those documents whilst also having the videos of the participants on the screen. If you're attending in person, you'll usually be asked to arrive before 10 o'clock on the first day so that you can be there in good time. And you'll go through security at the tribunal building, which is sometimes attached to the main courts or is sometimes a separate building. But you'll be given the details of that. And when you arrive, there'll be a clerk that assists the judges who will help with all of the administration on the day and, and ask you to sign in and give your details. And usually you'd be met by your representative that can guide you through 
that process. I think the thing to be prepared with either way is that there will be a lot of waiting around. The tribunal will normally require some reading time. There'll be preliminary matters to deal with. Um, so, you know, be prepared for a, a lot of time to be spent before you actually give your evidence. Okay, that's good. So what sort of preliminary matters will the court decide on the day? So will you go straight into evidence or will there be, or what will happen before that? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on the case, but usually the judge will be looking at whether there are any additional matters that have been raised by the parties. They'll be looking at the timing and there'll be a lot of reading time because the judge and any lay members won't have necessarily read the documents in advance. So they will need to go away and read all of the documents and the statements before matters get going. So it, it largely won't be things that you would be involved in as a witness. They'll be dealt with with by the representatives but it, it it's common for there to be some initial matters that, that need to be addressed first of all okay thank, thank you Tobias and um, David perhaps returning to you now in terms of who decides the outcome of the case who's the the panel is it just a judge or who, who are they well it depends what the the claim is about so the more simple cases will be heard by a judge alone um, and when I say the more simple cases I'm referring there to cases such as unfair dismissal or, or a wages claim. So there you'll you'll appear by one of the, the methods we discussed before, just one person who's the employment judge and he or she will decide the case. In other cases and more complex cases, and this will include cases um, involving discrimination or whistleblowing allegations, you will have a panel and the panel is what we used to have for all cases. And the panel is three people, which will be an employment judge and then two lay members. One lay member will have an employer background, so might be from HR, um, might, might not be, but will be more of an employer background. And one will be an employee background, generally have a trade union background. And one of the things that we used to do at the start of all the cases is try and work out who is who and who was from the trade union background and who wasn't. And you can you can often tell, but um, that, that's the makeup of, of the panel for the discrimination cases. So let, let's take that panel of three people. Um, ultimately, they will decide. And what you'd normally find is that the decision will be a unanimous decision. And the judge will assist the panel members with legal issues because the members aren't legally trained themselves. But that isn't always the case. And whilst in the majority of the cases I've appeared in um, or been involved in, the panel members have followed the judge, I have had a case um, locally actually where the, the two wing members, the panel members, actually went against the judge and we had a two to one decision um, in which the judge was overruled. And I don't think he was best pleased about that. So the, the, the panel members do have, um, they do have the ability to, to make their own decision. Yeah, thank you, Ashish. Thank you, David. Um, turning to actually giving evidence itself, um, Tobias, how do you give evidence? And for example, how would you address the judge? 
Yeah, I mean, employment tribunals are less formal than the, the high courts and the county courts. You know, no one wears wigs or gowns, for example. But I think the key to remember is that they are still a formal setting. You'll be expected to address the judges, sir or madam. And in the tribunal, the parties will be addressed as the claimant for the employee um, and the employer defending the claim will be known as the respondent. So you should, you should expect to hear um, people being referred in that way. Many witnesses are first of all anxious about what to wear. So to clear that one up, you know, it's best to be neat and smart. It, it is a formal setting. If you're representing the company, you'd usually be expected to wear business dress or perhaps your work uniform, depending on your role. In terms of when you give your evidence, again, it depends whether it's in person or remotely. If you're at a hearing in person, you'll be asked to come forward to the witness table, which is usually in the middle of the room. You can't bring any documents with you, so you'll only have the witness statements and the agreed bundle of documents. Um, if you're at home, equally, you'll be called to give your evidence, but you'll be sat in front of your computer. And again, you shouldn't have any documents with you other than the, the bundle and the, the unmarked witness statements. Either way, you'll be asked to swear an oath or give an affirmation that you will tell the truth. The important thing to remember is once you're under oath, you can't communicate with anyone involved in the case until after you've finished your evidence. So if you're attending remotely and there's a break, you shouldn't be sending or receiving messages with other witnesses or your representative until your evidence is finished. Equally, if you're attending in person and you stop for uh, a break or for the day, you need to be careful that you don't communicate with anyone else until, until you've been um, released as a witness, essentially. When you actually start giving your evidence, witness statements are, are taken as read in the employment tribunal. So you won't be asked to, to read your statement out. The, the employment judge and the lay members will have read that already, um, or they will read that in front of you. And then you go straight into being cross-examined, which is the, the bit most witnesses are intimidated, intimidated about. Um, Cross-examination is obviously the low point of a, a party's case. It's designed to focus on the weakest part of, of your argument. So the other side would ask you questions about your witness evidence, which are usually closed yes or no questions designed to, to lead you down a certain path. The judge and the lay members may also ask you questions and most likely you'll be referred to documents within the bundle. So, for example, you might be shown a document that perhaps contradicts what you said um, and then ask questions about that. After the cross-examination, there's the option of what we call re-examination, which is where your representative can ask you some usually limited open questions. Um, the idea is to try and address any um, issues caused during the cross-examination or to clarify points. Re-examination tends to be quite brief and, and sometimes it won't occur at all. The other thing just to bear in mind while we're talking about you know, your role on the day is that even when you're not giving evidence yourself, you are on show to the tribunal during the hearing. So it's really important to act respectfully at all times. You shouldn't be reacting loudly to other people's evidence um, or, or passing comments that can be heard by the judge. If there is ever a point while you're observing a hearing that you want to raise, um, you, the best thing to do is to pass that on to your representative discreetly, either with a note if you're in person, or if it's a remote hearing, you'll have agreed a method of, of communication during the hearing if needed. Yeah, it's often, I know certainly hearings I've done, we set up a WhatsApp group between yeah. the barrister, the, me as solicitor and the witnesses. Um, but obviously it goes back to that point, you just need to make sure you switch off your phone and the WhatsApp group whilst you're giving evidence. Um, in terms of preparing, 
in terms of, of giving evidence. What tips, David, would you give in terms of the run-up to the hearing, in terms of how best to prepare yourself to be a witness? Well, if we're looking at the witness statement, which is where your evidence will lie. So, so things have moved on a lot with the tribunal. So years ago, you would give evidence by answering a series of questions. Now, the, the witness statement it is the most important document. And what I mean by that is that the witness statement will be read by the tribunal and that will stand as your evidence. So your witness statement really has to um, be comprehensive and you need to, to, to know your witness statement back to front. And what I mean by that is often you will draft your witness statement a long time in advance of the hearing. And it's important to, prior to the hearing, to go back through that statement and make sure you're happy with it. Make sure it's still your evidence. And what I mean there is there is a time you can um, make changes to your statement, even, even on the day. But you've got, to, you've got to make sure that you're comfortable with it. Now, often the statements will be drafted by a solicitor. Uh, and that's fine. And, and people accept that. But it still has to be in your own words. And it is important that it is your own evidence. So at the time of drafting, make sure you're, you're very happy with it and that it's, it's accurate and true. But then remind yourself about the statement as you get closer to the hearing. Because at the moment, the hearings are often a year, maybe more down the line. Um, and, and people who have forgotten what they've said in their statement and they've forgotten the document. So preparation prior to the, to the hearing date is absolutely crucial. What about if in preparing for that, you remember further things or further documents come to light? What should well, you then do? Well, that's fine. So, so if it's documents, often now documents should be disclosed fairly early in the process, but in reality, often there'll be some extra documents that are found, um, discovered later in the day, and that's fine. If there are documents found later in the day, they should be disclosed uh, as soon as they are discovered. Um, and if the other side has an objection, then they can make that objection to the tribunal. And sometimes on the morning of the tribunal, there might be applications about including or um, actually excluding documents. But so if you find a document, then it needs to be disclosed. It won't be referred to in your statement that you've already exchanged. So the way it will be dealt with is that the representative will ask you or may ask you an additional question about that document. If there's some evidence, I'd, what I mean there is not a document, so something you want to give in oral evidence that isn't in your statement, then again, you'll be asked on the morning of the, the or the, it might not be the morning, the time you give evidence, whether you'd like to make any clarifications or additions to your statement, and at that point, you can. And if there is a mistake, and I've seen this, if there are any mistakes in the statement, I don't mean horrific mistakes, such as changing the entire thing, but if a date was wrong um, or there was a typo, then you can put those right at the time because you, you confirm, either by swearing or affirming, the truth of the statement on the day that you it's um, accepted into evidence, which is the day you give evidence. And you, do, you are given a time to, to make any clarifications, and that's fine. It needs to be true and accurate um, on the day you give it. So in terms of kind of giving evidence or being cross-examined, is there any kind of tips that you, you would give witnesses? 
Yeah, well, well, people are very nervous about this. People are most nervous about being cross-examined. And it's easy for the lawyer to forget how intimidating this can be. So preparation, as we've discussed, is really the key because the more prepared you are, then the better you will be once you start giving evidence. Because if, if, if you're not prepared and you're concerned that you can't even remember the statement very well, you, you, the nerves are gonna be even worse. So when you're giving evidence, be fairly calm um, or be as calm as you can and, and listen to the question very carefully because witnesses have a habit of wanting to give the answer that they would prefer to give and not actually answering the question. So whoever is asking the question, you need to listen to it quite carefully and give, um, give your answer. And it's best to give a relatively succinct answer if you can. So in cross-examination, the questions will be more closed and you'll be asked to give, usually the answers will be sort of yes or no type, type answers. The questions from your own representative or the judge will be more friendly and a chance to give a, a longer answer. Now, in saying that, even in cross-examination, when the questions are more closed, if actually you'd like to say a bit more and explain, you can always take some time and say to the judge, look, can I just expand on that? And the judge will generally intervene at that stage and say yes, even if the representative cross-examining you would prefer that you didn't. So, but preparation is the key listen to the question very carefully um, and try and answer that question, not the question that you thought might be coming or that you would have preferred to have been asked. In terms of sort of practicalities, the judge needs to make a note of your answer. And when you're nervous, when, we're, when any of us are nervous, we all start speaking a lot faster than we normally do. And witnesses tend to, to speak about double the, the speed that they would normally be speaking at, and the judge just can't make a note. So what I sometimes say is look at the judge and look at his or her pen and sort of like try and keep a pace. The other thing is, is you are answering the judge. You're not answering the person who's cross-examining you. So give your answers to the judge or the panel and it's actually fine to be looking away then from the, the person who's cross-examining you and give your answers to the panel. And sometimes by looking away from the person who's cross-examining you and might be intimidating you, then it actually helps because you then aren't having that direct eye contact and it gives you a chance to take a breath um, and give your answer. So that's a long, long answer to that question. I hope that was where you wanted me. Yeah, no. What happens if you simply can't remember something? Well, that happens, um, especially happens these days because we've got such a delay be between the event and the hearing. So the crucial thing is, is to not try and be a star witness um, and give the evidence that you think everyone needs to give because that, that's not what you're there for. You're there just to, to give your truthful and honest account. Um, and if you can't remember something, that's just human and it's fine. So if you can't remember something, but you think it's, you could be reminded by looking at the documents, then you can simply say, can I just take some time to go through the bundle 
um, because I think the answer's in there. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's in the bundle. Um, and the judge will give you time. If you just can't remember, just be honest and say, I can't remember. Now, you can't say that too many times. If, 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 if you're asked some really difficult questions, uh, just answering that you can't remember, it, it isn't, isn't gonna, gonna help. The time to say this is if you genuinely can't remember, and that, that's fine. That, that will happen in any tribunal case. You, you can only answer the questions where you, where you actually can help and you, you have knowledge. It's, it's important not to speculate or try and um, find an answer that you have genuinely forgotten. Thank you for that. Um, just in terms of then the decision, how, how do you get the, the decision? Do you get notified that after the day or on the day or what happens? The tribunal will build in, in the timetable, time to deliberate and to give a decision. So when the hearing is being listed, the tribunal will build in reading time, time for the evidence, time for submissions from the parties, so the representative will give closing submissions, time for deliberation where the tribunal judge or the panel will be having a private meeting or pri private thinking time, um, and time then to issue the judgment. Often these days though, the, there won't be time. So in a more complex case, there might be so much evidence that's been heard in the submissions that the judge will want more time and, and to consider it over a number of days or weeks. So sometimes you won't get a decision on the day, you will be told that the decision will follow historically in the post now by email and literally an email will ping up from the tribunal um, with an attachment, and that will be the, the decision. Okay, and just perhaps a final question to Viper. What happens if you're unhappy with the decision and it goes against you? How can you challenge that? I mean, it, it depends. There might be legal reasons why you could bring an appeal, and there is an appeal process, but that appeal has to be based on specific grounds. So, for example, if we believe that the employment judge deciding the case has got a point of law, wrong it, it can't be just we we want to second go because we're not happy with the decision so in that circumstance you would need to speak to your representative to see if there are grounds of appeal and certainly that's what we would look look at if a decision went against a, um, a party to to see whether that is a, a, a potentially challengeable decision or not and if so then the the next step would be to to bring an appeal with the employment appeals tribunal thank you hey okay, well I think that probably brings us to a close today. So I think it falls upon me to thank you, David, and you, Tobias, for your helpful guidance for a tribunal hearing. Um, in terms of people who are listening, um, if you want further information or further guidance about preparing for a tribunal, then we do do um, mock tribunal sessions. Um, we're probably planning one later this year or early next year, so look out on our website for that. And if you want to book yourself onto that one, then please do so. And then we kind of go through a tribunal hearing and what happens on a tribunal day. So obviously that would give you um, more guidance. I think probably the message today is probably preparation is key. And I think a lot of the nerves could be overcome by actually just preparing both your statement and going through the evidence just prior to the hearing. Um, hopefully listeners found that useful. Um, and yeah, I've said, if you want to go 
to the mock tribunal then please put yourself on that i look forward to seeing you there um so thank you very much and um, have a good day